From odds.com.au HQ, this is the From the Nosebleeds podcast. Introducing Jake Eckwood. La ta 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 Welcome into From the Nice Place. And Richie's here as well, apparently. Well, yes, indeed. Welcome to another edition of From the Nosebleeds. And uh, that was Jake Eckwood doing a lovely rendition of the Wild World of Sports cricket intro because, of course, Australia won up in the series against Pakistan. It was a convincing win uh, with a day to spare. So we're very happy about that. And it's a bit of a cricket show. So uh, we'll get into things plenty on the agenda. Of course, we've got our moments of the week. The bank builders, the throwback, the cult profile, the quiz, which the squid has taken over. So just yeah, interesting. Very excited to see. about that too. Interested to see what's going to happen. And then, of course, we finish things up with the big calls. Now, of course, last week we had Nook on. He was very, very successful. Uh, this week, James Lamb is back. But it's the words of Stevie Wonder that I think really sum up the relationship he has uh, with us. Or more of a song by Stevie Wonder. To let you know, tonight's the night for me and you, my part-time lover, James Lamb. Good to have <laughs> you back with us. Wow. It's... <laughs> Good to be back, I guess. Uh, yeah, not sure about the part-time love a bit. but well, you're just sporadic sometimes when you pop in and out, so... Oh, I've been a, a permanent fixture until the spring carnival came along and then I was a bit yeah, busy true. for this sort of garbage. Which we understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be back. Which we understand, of course, from punters.com.au and also the uh, earlier heard, Jake Eckwood. Welcome, Jake. Thank you very much. Good to be back. Good to have you back as well, Wolf. Big week, especially for the Aussie cricket team, of course, pulling off that innings in five run win. Now, you know today's my favourite day of the week. Normally, I'll send through a text to you both. Happy podcast day. Indeed. I didn't, didn't get one this morning. start off too well, though. This is why you didn't get a text this morning. Didn't oh, start no. off too well. I was walking to the tram, as per normal, through the park. This is an unscripted anecdote. Yeah. I'm yeah. interested to see where this is. A bird swooped me. It's that, this, yeah, it's that's that good, season. That's no, but hang luck, on. This was a full... This was... That's this good luck. was a bird channeling Byron Pickett. <laughs> <This> <laughs> bird made a chopper reference. Hip and shoulder me. Made contact. To the top of my head. And I did hear a little yelp from the bird, and rightly so, given the size of my head. I think the bird, giant bomb. the bird was lucky to survive. What sort of bird was it? A uh, minor bird, maybe. A minor bird? <laughs> is that in a small bird or is that an actual breed? A no, minor? No. <laughs> just not a major bird. That's the version of champing a bird. He's basically just champed that bird. Minor, minor bird, yeah. Okay. You know yeah, well, yeah. Really hard at it. A bit like Byron. Just I think we're all right. better. I think we're all better you off. You better start walking to the station with a helmet on. <laughs> I think I have to. It's a big helmet. Anyways, Triple XL. Plenty going on in the wide world of sport, including uh, Jake getting swooped. Uh, the NBA, the NBL, the NFL, of course on the cricket as we mentioned very exciting the second test not too far away depending on when you're listening the WBBL rolls on the English Premier League the A-League the WNBL it's just all happening at the moment uh, we're very very excited let's get into things with our moments of the week and uh, Jake I believe you're going to kick us off so staying with cricket it's been the topic so far so my moment of the week takes place in the press conference following Australia's big win over Pakistan Aussie skipper Tim Payne hasn't forgotten about India's refusal to play at Brisbane last summer and he had Indian skipper Virat Kohli in his sights when asked if he'd like to play them at the Gabba next summer. 
if that's where we like to start our summer, and it has been for a long, long time, except for last summer. So, um, as I said, we'll ask Virat, see if we can get his permission to play here and maybe even get a pink ball test if he's in a good mood. So, um, we'll wait and see. I really enjoyed that that's clip from Payne, and it really is amazing how much power India has in cricket. Hopefully we can get them at the Gabba in the opening test next year. Last week's win, of course, was our 24th from the last 31 years and we've not lost in the Brisbane capital since 1988. He's a good performer in press conferences, Tim Payne. Of course, last year he answered one of the reporters' phones and said, it's <laughs> Tim Payne speaking. No, he's not available right now. It's good gear. It's quite funny. I don't think the Indian cricket fans would have enjoyed Payne's <laughs> work there. They they don't seem to like that sort of stuff on Twitter. No, no they don't. I don't, don't think so. Especially they not to the Virat Dorf. Mm. She was the exalted one. Uh, my moment of the week was Jake Eckwood being uh, hip and shouldered by a minor bird. <laughs> Oh, that was That's mine too. Can, can, can we go to the audio? Do we have uh, No, no, so we missed that audio. <laughs> no, mine was uh, Santner's catch to remove Ollie Pope. Yeah, he, had, he had some sort of test, Santner. I he think he did. made up his maiden uh, test century in the first innings and, of course, a winning test. Uh, outside of that catch, it was actually an awful <laughs> piece of cricket. It was <laughs> Wagner bowled a big old fully way outside off stump and, yeah, Pope decided to wave the bat at it. I'm not sure why, given England were trying to save <laughs> the test. <laughs> Playing for a draw. I reckon he might have copped a bit of a bollocking when he got back, but... Uh, what made the catch even better was the fact that he caught it in his non-preferred hand. Very An outstanding bit of work from uh, Mitch Santner. Very interesting bowling action. Mitch. Mm. He's got a strange bow to work on. That. They got the win, an innings win, I believe. They did. And Nook was very happy, of course. Oh, Our yeah. special guest last week, after two days of the test, he said, I can't believe I put them down as my bank builder. He'd written them They're off. They're no <laughs> chance. They won by an innings and <laughs> Unbelievable exactly, yeah. You did write them off very, very early. Uh, my moment of the week... Familiar face because I'm going to him once again, Pavel Florin. What an absolute king. When are we going to get him in? When it, <laughs> hopefully he's in, bloody he's soon. He's heading over to Perth, I believe, uh, to watch the test, I think. Uh, but the great Pavel Florin, uh, an absolute legend. He played again for Surrey Hills on the weekend, uh, not too far from my joint, actually. He took three for ten with three catches and seven fist pumps. So the king was back at it again. <laughs> Admittedly, I think two of the wickets, or maybe all three, were from full bungers, but you'll take them any way you can get them. Uh, and the three catches, one of them was actually decent. One, he was a sitter, and he took it and then decided to have a little roll around on the ground, but why not? <laughs> and that was after he was on the front bar last week getting some bowling tips from Jeff Thompson, and they had footage of him bowling to Brian Lara. How's that for a list of uh, guests? Brian Lara, Jeff Thompson, and Pavel Florin, the MVP, the man himself. So, once again, got to show some love to uh, my boy Pavel. Who knows what he's going to do next week. And speaking of over-celebrating as well, you thought Pavel over-celebrated. Now, Neil Wagner, of course, bowled his team to victory on day five, so has every right to celebrate. Celebrate? He was um, celebrating. (laughs) I think Neil was, actually. He was really up and about on day five of that test match, and rightly so. Can't blame him. There's a, a clean sweep of cricket moment of the week. It's just that time of year. Let's move along now to the bank builders. I'm going to kick things off. Uh, by the way, worth mentioning, everybody nailed their bank builder uh 
this last week just gone. If I had a clapping sound effect, I would have played it, but I don't have one. But congrats to everybody involved. Nice work, team. James, you take that. Yeah, Thanks. absolutely. Yeah, That's on good. behalf of Nook. Uh, my bank builder, I'm going to the NBL. Uh, no, really, uh, not much golf really catching my eye. No NFL really catching my eye either. So the Bullets up against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. This one's on Saturday night in Brisbane. Both teams are struggling a little bit at the moment, but they played earlier this year. And Southeast Melbourne won by 20 points. They absolutely flogged them. I think we were on them, actually, uh, on this podcast when that game rolled around. Now, Phoenix's road record isn't great, which means you can get a good price for them. But I think that they've got match winners in their team. I think they're going to get over the line here at $2.14. So that's what I am rolling with. Over to you, Jake. Sounds good to us indeed. And looking forward to your President's Cup golf preview in the next couple of weeks as well, just considering Home that's soil. your area. Yeah, exactly right. So Virat Kohli got the job done for me last week. But this week... I'm going to take the world's best batsman, Steve Smith, to bounce back and make over 50 and a half runs in the first innings of this second test against Pakistan, which gets you a return of $1.88. As we know, Smith averages a whopping 64, the best average of any current player in the world. And the last time he made single figures in a test match, he bounced back by scoring a century in each innings of that test match. So, and just before we get on to your bank builder, James, let's have a quick chat about the second test, given that it starts on Friday afternoon. So the tourists are obviously completely outplayed in all departments in that opening test at the Gabba. But there were a couple of shining lights. They may have uncovered a rising star in 16-year-old Nassim Shah. Baba Azam, of course, made a brilliant second innings century. And leg spinner Yassir Shah took four wickets, including the highly coveted scalp of Steve Smith. For the Aussies, Manus Labashane scored his first Lose test start. First test ton, while Mitchell Stark and Josh Hazelwood picked up seven and six wickets, respectively. Before I get into my betting plays of the match, we're definitely not going to go head-to-head. The Aussies are eighteen. Pakistan are out at $11. Are the tourists any chance at all, boys? I don't no. think that, especially in Perth. Interestingly, I'm with you on that uh, Steve Smith play. I think that Yassir Shah celebration may have mm. just fired him up a little bit. He apparently ran home... He ran to the hotel from the ground to punish himself for not making any runs. Steve Smith. Yeah, Steve Smith. Apparently that's a word. And then when he makes runs, he gets to eat some chocolate. So he's trying to condition himself, which is very uh, Steve Smith-esque considering. But uh, yeah, I think they're going to be too strong. But interestingly, do you think that they should, Pakistan should take a 16-year-old into a test there's when no way he's 16, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Considering... He's, at least, said he's at least 25. <laughs> Cons- but considering he, he couldn't really play out the game, he was bowled in kind of three, mm. four over stretches, had to spend time off the ground, was cramping up. I'll tell you what the change will be. Mohamed Abbas has got to play. He's I couldn't believe play. he didn't play in your the first man, test. Your yeah. man. So I've still got him for most wickets in the series. So hopefully comes in and takes still a big sniff. temper. Cash out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your tip though, Jake, for... So I've got one best and one value. So the best bet is Steve Smith to top score in the first innings at $2.75. And for my value, heading to the player points markets here and taking a multi. So you get one point per run. 10 points per catch, 20 points per wicket, and 25 per stumping. So I've taken Mitchell Stark to get over 100 points, Muhammad Rizwan to get over 80, 
and David Warner to get over 110, which gets you a handy collective $5. Stark, as mentioned, fresh off seven wickets, bowled really well at the Gabba. Rizwan made 70, uh, sorry, 95 in the second innings. Unlucky not to get triple figures there. And he's the keeper, of course, as well. Yeah, great call with the keepers. Pumps the points up. If he up. can get a sneaky stumping off the bowling of Shah or something. Exactly, you're almost the there. And Warner, of course, coming off a huge 100. Head over to odds.com.au for the full preview of the second test. Over to you, James. Very good. Uh, I'm going to the Valley on Saturday. Unfortunately, we don't have any odds at this stage, so it's a bit of a, a guessing game. Uh, bookies, just like us, they like to take a bit of time off after the spring carnival and just <laughs> take, it, take it back a notch. But we've got uh, race two, number two, Balabal. So They've got all our money to spend, so they have to spend <laughs> it. Yeah, point. true. Uh, McAvoy Philly just touched off in the listed Hill Smith at Morfordville, two back. Appreciated a massive class drop, stroll home by six lengths over 1,600 Last start, third place getter there, excuse me, uh, Master of Surprise, won his next outing nicely. So the form looks somewhat trustworthy there. Only looked to be two chances in the race, November Dreaming being the other one. So hopefully we're getting something around the $2.50 mark. Anything above that, I think, is a spoil. Uh, One other horse, I think, is worth having a bet. Race four, number six, Wagner. Again, no fixed odds. At this time, but uh, had two recent jump outs. Flies fresh, actually beat home trekking in a recent jump out, and trekking is the favourite for the Group One Winter Bottom on Saturday. So that form looks a handy reference. Hopefully, a winner or two there for all involved. Hopefully, Balabal doesn't come up at a dollar thirty. I can't <laughs> see that happening. We should be all right. We should get two bucks. And of course, we can check out all James's tips on punners.com.au. Indeed, Correct. indeed, we can. Let's move along now to the throwback. <laughs> And uh, because I've been uh, moved aside for this week for the quiz, which I'm more than happy, I like to get involved every now and again, I've got the throwback. And uh, I thought considering it was the great Peter Siddle's birthday during the week, it was only appropriate that we throw it back to his birthday hat-trick in the 2010-2011 Ashes. Now, it was on his 26th birthday, the first Ashes test. It was massive. England, of course, batting first. They were sitting at four for... uh, about mid-hundreds at the moment, so uh, they're building, but of course, a teetering on the edge, and then it was absolute madness. We kicked things off with the first wicket, uh, Alistair Cook saw a very big pole caught at first slip by Shane Watson. Got him, got him at first slip, Peter Siddle's not the best of the Aussies, and that's why. Then we move along, <laughs> next in was Matt Pryor, Is I love Mark Taylor by the way. Uh, Matt Pryor was in next. We'd like to have a bit of a go, Matt Pryor. Uh, first pill copped an absolute corker. This should be good fun to watch. Siddle bowling well. Oh, was there an edge? Oh, he's knocked him over. Was there an edge? Can <laughs> <laughs> you hear the death rattle? I think that was. Yeah, taste it, Pryor. <laughs> Wasn't a fan of him. Nah. No, he didn't uh, play that well over here at all. So at that point, on a hat-trick, and of course, Ricky Ponting put in the... Th- seven slips or however many he had, <laughs> the, the mandatory amount that you have uh, for a hat-trick delivery. And uh, in came, of course, Australia's favourite English cricketer, Stuart Broad. Oh. Uh, and then this happened. Get ready to yell, happy birthday, Tubbs. Get ready, loosen those vocals up, Tubbs. Here it comes. Here we go. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. Oh, the ball is close. He's going out. He's going out. <laughs> Peter Siddle's got it. Oh, shut up, Mark Nicholas. He <laughs> got it. He's gone. He's yes. got it. They did review it, so that was what Mark Nicholas was talking about. But even your best wishes, Mark, couldn't save the day. It was a hat trick to Peter Siddle on his birthday, so stuff you, mate. <laughs> 
Given out LBW, of course, England all out for 260. And you thought, geez, we're on top here. But no, it didn't really work out that way. <laughs> Australia, we did go on to make 481, of course. Mike Hussey had 195. Uh, Brad had 136. But the match was drawn after the Poms made one for 517 declared in their second dig. Good bowling there. Strauss (laughs) had 110, Cook 235 not out, and uh, 235 not out, and Jonathan Trott 135 not out. So they did declare, but said Australia tell you that they were never going to get one down, and that was Peter Siddle's hat-trick on his birthday. Unbelievable scenes of the Victorian as well. <laughs> what I do remember, I'm glad that you had Warney in there as a recording because I remember Warney absolutely winding Tubby Taylor up, trying to get him to go. And let him Bananas. Go. And he did it very, very well, of course. And one five seventeen for uh, second innings. So yeah, we don't geez. need to talk about that. That's yeah, a I huge. Don't. Let's just focus what on the hatch. What happened to Sid's? In the, he must have burnt all his gas in the first <laughs> innings and birthday, then run out. Birthday froffies. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> Too many birthday bananas. A bit of a question without notice. Uh, that moment, I think, made so brilliant by the brilliant commentary from Mark Taylor. Think of your other favourite sporting uh, calls or sporting moments that were amplified because of the great commentary. Shatalk uh, was third, TJ, uh, which we've used at punters. The audio we've used over <laughs> various points. things, including the, the famous Kramer video. But, yeah, Flindell, when Shatalk was coming from the tail and he goes... Uh, can he do it? Shitsukwa, he's flying. Yes, there's history. Jeez, that was pretty good. <laughs> so good. So good. It's that, was amazing. My, that was my Darren Flindell. Not very good. Good commentators, though. It's such a, it's such an art, isn't it? Not just to scream and yell. One, oh, one but I also jumps, love that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, one that jumps to mind for me is Simon Hill when Aloisi kicked the winning penalty to finally get us in the World Cup. And the there's a great documentary, actually, November 16. And they go through all the build-up and, like, we didn't make the cup for 32 years prior to that. And the producer was so eager and excited, was given um, Simon Hill the score as the as the shootout went along. And Simon Hill reckons he was absolute deer in headlights at that last moment. And he said, if Aloisi scores, Australia are in the World Cup. And the producer was, like, looking at him and he, and he miscalculated. So he was just <laughs> hoping that it was okay. <laughs> And it went in, and Aloisi ripped his shirt off and went down the wing. Sensational scenes. And also, Tony Gregg's of uh, Shane Warne's hat-trick at the MCG in 93 was a ripper as oh, well. Yes. Shane Warne, unbelievable. Phil DeFreitas, I think, was one of the wickets. Yeah. Aaron Goff, somebody in there. Yeah. yeah. Huddo's 13 when Buddy kicks it. Oh, we don't need to talk about that. Oh, yeah, we've got a couple of North Melbourne supporters. That was very good. Come on. Very good. One of my all-time favourites, a couple – but I, one I love because of a little bit of what you talked about, the simplicity of it. Richie Benno on the ball of the century. Mm. And he's done him with the most, and it's just the real casual talking about it with the most beautiful leg spin delivery. Yep, he's uh, done him. Getting has absolutely no idea yeah. what has happened to it. Still doesn't know. That bit is uh, sensational. Unreal. Love Richie. All right, let's move along now to the cult profile. Cult Profile. Cult Profile. Richie Benno. It's not Richie. It's not Richie. (laughs) I forgot how long this intro was. Uh, (laughs) It is not Richie. It is Torquay-based horse trainer Bryce Stanaway, who's been a a real favourite of punters over... A long period of time. He doesn't have the greatest strike rate. 
in terms of winners, but he's a, a real colourful character. Lovely of the part racing. of the world as well, by the way. Mm. It is a nice part of the world. Uh, so Bryce is a man who isn't afraid to speak his mind, which has led to a few run-ins with officials over the journey. And his most famous incident occurred at Pakenham Races back in 2015, which is an incident that's become known as Sandwich Gate. So... <laughs> Bryce, he copped a $2,000 fine after scratching three of his horses following a dispute with the club over sandwiches. And this is... <laughs> Bryce This is what happened according to the man himself. The Sangers weren't actually for me. They were for the stable hands and other racing staff there. The doors to the owner's and trainer's room were wide open and there was no one on the door. So the general public were just wandering in and helping themselves, just taking everything I walk up to the CEO and the bloke <laughs> fair income attacks me. He's waving around his walkie-talkie. I nearly wore the bloody thing. He told me to scratch my horses and go home. So I said, all right, come with me to the steward's room then. We start heading there and he bolts. I said to the stewards, I don't need this shit and I don't need to be treated like this. It was all about how people were being treated, not the sandwiches. So Bryce, did, Bryce took the CEO's advice and scratched his horses, put them on the float and got the hell out of packing them back to beautiful <laughs> Torquay. Really? He did. Wow. In an ironic twist, Bryce is actually allergic to bread. <laughs> <laughs> or more specifically, gluten. So the sandwiches definitely weren't for him. He was, well, that's going, proof he was right there. going out of his way for his, for his staff and whatnot, keeping the... The seagulls at bay, the public who were just going in there and stealing all the free sangers. One of those I probably would there. too yeah. if I was doing my nuts on the punt there. But uh, <laughs> free food, boy, oh boy. Bryce, he actually saddles up two runners in Sunday's Jericho Cup at Warrnambool, which is the the longest flat race in Australia, forty six hundred meters. Wow. So we wish Bryce all the best with that. And he, one of his horses is Crafty Cruiser, who will be having its one hundred and fifty ninth. Race Shoot start us. as a twelve-year-old on Sunday. So. And, then, and then the the old age out policy come into effect. Yeah, so he'll have to be retired uh, before next season. But yeah, that's this week's cult profile, Brycey boy. Very good indeed, and uh, what a good man. And just said, all right, well, I will scratch my horses and off your pot. Yeah, he's not one to you know, take a backward step. Standing up for his principles. Sport needs wolf. that. They need colourful characters. Absolutely, Absolutely. they need the cult profiles. But now we move along to everybody's favourite segment, the quiz. Hello and welcome to Let's Get Quizzical. And here's your host, Jake Eckworth. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you, boys. You are too kind. I wanted too to keep kind. going. And yeah, that's, a, that's okay, enough. That's, that's enough. enough. Gee, the wolf is excited to defend Shh. his quiz crown here. Clapping away. Thank you, wolf. And the beast as well. It's a very rare quiz for the beast, oh, actually, no. to be a contestant. And he I really likes to win. I needed a run. I needed a run. I needed to run at some pub trivia before I got into this. <laughs> okay, lads, here we go. So today's topic is nicknames. But before we get into it, let's test the buzzers. We'll start with you, Wolf. Very good. And Beast. Me, 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 me. Very good St- indeed. So st- starting off with an easy one, which cricketer? is nicknamed The Wall. Me, 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 me. Beast. Rahul Dravid. Very well done. That is one, Woo-hoo. two, Matthew. Question number two. Which jockey is nicknamed Judas? Wolf. 
Hugh Bowman, I don't think he likes to be known as Judas, <laughs> but yeah, that's the nickname that some jockeys have given him. 1-1, one, one, and the reason Jeez. why he gets that is Jeez. because apparently the Victorian jockeys weren't happy that he was coming down from Sydney and stealing all their good rides. Correct. So 1-1, one, one, we've got a blockbuster start. A bit better than last week when there was nil-nil after five questions. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. English Premier League club Arsenal currently plays at Emirates Stadium. What was the name of their former ground? <laughs> Beast. Oh, he's an Arsenal man. He looks dodgy. Hybrid. Well done. 2-1 in favour of the beast. Woo-hoo. Question number four. This is an audio question. Listen very closely, gents, as it is a two-part question, so it may pay to listen to the full thing before buzzing in. Here's the audio. Yeah, well, once again, it's still the way to take a good mark in defence. And he's my choice for best on the ground at the moment. He hasn't got a foot wrong, do. And he bundled the ball. Down he goes. So, as mentioned, it is a two-parter. You'll get two points if you get both right. If you don't, I'll help you out, and then it'll be down to one point. Whose highlights were we playing there? And we're playing Bristol. His nickname was, is it the Flying Dog? Oh, he's done it too. So he's up 4-1. He's out to a flying (laughs) lead. I couldn't even get the last question out. But what a nickname, by the way. One of the best nicknames in the business, the Flying Doormat. It's a mouthful to yell out to your teammate, though. Exactly. Flying Doormat. (laughs) Because of the way his hair looked when he jumped, it looked like a doormat. Well done to Barusi Duel. Now, unfortunately, this is a basketball question as well. Well, we had a horse racing one. We did. That's why I had to even it up. So on to basketball now. Which NBA player had the nickname The Worm? Oh, don't tell me the beast. He had a chance to close it out. The Worm. He looks a little bit. You can't believe it. I do know this. James is going to buzz in. I'm going to buzz in. There we go. Scotty Pippen. Oh. The worm. Incorrect. <sighs> Got to please buzz in, Matthew, when you're ready. <laughs> it is a player of that era, I believe. And I'm going to – I don't know it, so I'm going to kick myself. Right, so his name is Dennis Rodman. Of course, oh, of course it was. I've watched that documentary. You were, that's why. Yes, very close with Scotty Pippen. He got that nickname because he was such a good defender. Sticking to them like a worm and not leaving them for the duration of the, the contest. City, yeah. Apparently, that's the. I think glue would have been great a documentary. Great ESPN it documentary. It is thirty for thirty. Hmm. Right. So the score is four one. And there's only two questions left. Wolf needs um, to pull something <laughs> out. <laughs> Any bonus questions? Yeah, we might have to throw one. Oh. Question number six. Multiple choice here, guys. So keep that in mind. Which Premier League team plays at St James's Park? Is it A. Chelsea? B, Birmingham, C, Newcastle United, or D, West Ham United. That was beast again. No, the lamb got in early there. <laughs> yeah. C. Correct. 4-2. what I was going to say. But and there is two questions left. No, no there's not. There's only one left. <laughs> if it was close, winner, I, wouldn't have, one I wouldn't have given it. Question him number that. seven. Which AFL venue was nicknamed the House of Pain between 2000 and 2017? Beast. Was it... Optus. No. Oh, no, it was Subiaco. You've already had your guess. <laughs> yeah, have it. I believe it's Subiaco. Correct, in Perth. The reason? So many visiting Optus. teams lost Four. by big margins. Congratulations. Matt Hickey, you are the winner this week. Yes. And the Wolf, a very rare loss. Mm. I'm sure he'll be there to bounce back next week. It's time now for our big calls. Indeed it is. <laughs> 
and we agreed on a burger beforehand off air just so in case anybody was wondering so it's good to get one back off the wall lucky maccas are doing those <laughs> oh, <laughs> rewards for the month of uh, <laughs> dollar cheeseburger tomorrow uh, hopefully yeah, well i still owe you one wolf so we'll all go together so maybe Friday. you just buy me one mm, is that no. acceptable <laughs> let's see all right uh big calls uh as we mentioned it was a successful week uh, for the podcast last week and we actually got up about 500 bucks so that's putting 200 dollars on bank builders and 50 dollars on big calls and i had a look at some sort of vehicle that we could buy and i thought again looking to the activities that we could do on our road trip found a quad bike that we could all right that'd be plenty of fun how many seats oh. haven't they been banned <laughs> quad bikes well you could buy one off gumtree so I don't yeah. know. Maybe they're banned, but it'd be good fun. You could even probably take it down. They'd be all right to go on the beach and yeah. stuff. Pretty dangerous, especially when you've got a bloke whose head's the size of <laughs> you've got two squid that'll just remember. topple over. <laughs> and a chin from the beast. <laughs> <laughs> two blokes with giant bonces. Uh, I'm going uh, to an NFL multi again. Missed out by just one leg last week. Um, the Detroit Lions. Anyways, moving on, NFL multi. I'm taking the Jets at the line against Cincinnati. Uh, the Jets' offense is flying, so Jets minus three and a half points against the Pretty crappy Bengals. <coughs> Moving along now to the 49ers, and I'm taking them plus 10.5 points, so that's a pick-your-own-line. They're up against Baltimore, who are obviously flying. Lamar Jackson's playing brilliantly, but the 49ers are 10-1. and one. You're paying over $3, so that's a bit of a surprise to me. Uh, next up, I will take the Pats over Houston. I think uh, New England are very strong, and their defense will cause uh, the Houston offense some issues, and then finally take Seattle at home against Minnesota. So that's the Jets minus 3.5, the 49ers plus 10.5, the Pats, and Seattle, sorry, the Seahawks, I should say, Seattle Seahawks, at $8.11 with Sportsbet. That is my big call. Sounds very good indeed. Beast, your NFL multis have been on the money, so looking forward to a big collect there. So I'm Raise heading up. to Bet Easy's Builder Bet Market for my big call. I'm taking Josh Hazelwood to take three first innings wickets into Joe Burns to make 50 or more runs at $7. The Big Hoff is coming off six wickets at the Gabba, and Burnsy, of course, came agonisingly close to triple figures when he dragged that ball on from Yassi Ishar onto his stumps. Very unfortunate there for Burnsy. So Hazelwood to take three wickets into Burnsy to make a half century, which gets you a collective $7. And that is my big call. My turn. Over to you, Wolf. Like there's no one else in the room, so... <laughs> I thought Barb's would have snuck in and had a winner for us. Uh, race seven, number seven at the Valley on Saturday. This one will get you boys up and about, I think. Oh, yeah. oh yes. More than normal. More, More than normal. Already are. <laughs> yeah. uh, form reads ninth, fourth, seventh, sixth, fourth, and fourth. I'm not that up and about. So <laughs> trending. <laughs> trending she's, in the right She's not exactly <laughs> knocking the door down. It's not down. a great sell so far. However. Oh, okay. Maps for an easy lead. Yes. Oh, and will carry just 51 kilos yes. after Eaton's claim. So... Yeah. If they leave Esposito Gold alone in front, she might just be able to skip away at a yes. track at a track where she's a two time winner. What price yes. what price do you reckon she is? Twenties. Keep going. Thirties. Oh. Keep going. Forties. Oh. Keep going. Fifties. Fifty one dollars. Biggest call of all time. Cheapest. <laughs> There was actually no odds available, and I thought, <laughs> I thought, oh, she might go up twenty dollars. And when I saw fifty, I thought, oh, maybe I've misread this situation. Fill your uh, boots, kind of stuff. Fifty-one dollars to win, nine dollars the place. 
Oh, boy. Oh, load up. We're getting a quad bike each if this gets up. <laughs> so you get, are you playing all on the win or are you going No, nah, we'll split. Way? We'll go each way. We'll go. What, how much do we get 50, to? 50 for big calls. 50. Is that all? Yeah, 200 on the bank builders. That's where the real money is. Yeah, okay. Right. Oh, might need to see the financiers <laughs> about that. Uh, we'll have 25. It's fake money. 20, <laughs> all right. 25 <laughs> at 51 and 25 at 9. Esposito Gold. Oh, what's that, James? That is my big call. <laughs> and what a bloody big call it is. <laughs> so huge. Uh, I don't know how, where we're going to go from there, uh, but we'll move on because sadly it's all we have time for uh, for this episode of From the Nosebleeds. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe. Chuck us a rate. Tell your friends. Do all that kind of stuff. If you've got anything to add as well, you can hit us up on all the odds.com.au social media platforms and uh, we'll get back to you. Uh, Jake, you'll be back next week. Looking forward to one final thought for our listeners. When walking through parks, keep an eye out for the minor birds. <laughs> oh, jeez. Still on that. <laughs> Not everyone has a head the size of the Goodyear blimp, so that should be all right. <laughs> if you're walking Goodyear next blimp. to me, you're fine. <laughs> if you're walking on your own, you're in Easy trouble. target. Yeah. And uh, James will... You, the part-time lover, will not be back The part-time lover will not be back <laughs> next week. Uh, possibly the week after. Depending on how long you... I can't remember how... For. Yeah, it's, I think it's 10 days. He's so. sunning himself. <laughs> Jealous. Great man. He will be back at some point, yeah. though. Let's hope uh, we see him back in here at some stage. Indeed. It might be a longer holiday <laughs> if Esposito Gold gets up. <laughs> oh, jeez. You might we'll never see me again. You might buy barley. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we. There'll never be another show. Uh, until then, make sure you tune in next week for another episode of From the Nosebleeds. <laughs>